Guess what, guys? What? You can hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finally out of quarantine, so now in studio, I don't sound so freaking far away. <laughs> yes, you did oh sound boy. a little bit far away there the yeah, last few times. That's true. Yeah, it's actually nice to like see people. I was like literally losing my mind at home. Mm-hmm. About y'all caught up on uh, everything Netflix or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely uh, had my fair share of Tiger King. Um, there's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything compared to that show, but I tried to like download uh, or search up series that are like similar to tiger king because it just captivated so much of my life but i couldn't find anything (laughs) that was that crazy no Uh, i've never seen anything quite like it nope nope i didn't realize that there was just like tiger ranches like there is cattle ranches except like much more vicious just they said 60 to seventy thousand dollars a was it a month or a day yeah it was insane Uh a month I love mm-hmm. how we like started this podcast. We're like, we're not going to talk about Tiger King, but here we are. <laughs> but okay, what actually blew my mind is it only cost $2,000 to get a tiger. Yeah. And that Carol Baskin didn't actually get arrested for killing her husband because she totally did that. Oh, she, that, <laughs> that bitch killed her husband 100%. <laughs> So when I first sat down and then we were in the middle of this podcast that we just recorded, uh, Stevie kind of made a face about my socks and (laughs) I swear they're clean, but on the bottom of it says, it says, if you can read this, bring me a can opener. So I was going to share that story in the opener. It's a little ridiculous. (laughs) So I get a can opener for Christmas every year from Cole's mom and these socks. And the reason why is because I went to her house once and there was nobody home and I was so hungry and I was like, I need to eat spaghetti. Like that's all I want right now is spaghetti, but I couldn't find a can opener. Like I checked every cupboard and I could not find a can opener, but I was so determined to eat the spaghetti. Like, have you guys ever felt that that where you just need to eat that one thing and that's all you want to eat? Yeah. So yeah, Stevie, you're shaking your head. You're like, I think about food 24 seven. So conversation earlier. Yeah. So I was like, how the hell am I going to open this can? Like, what can I use to open it? So I literally like tried everything. And then I just like saw I didn't want to use a knife because I didn't want to dull it. So I like literally YouTubed how to open a can with a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) So this video was in Russian, clearly. And so I (laughs) literally had to like literally hit the spoon and I cut this whole can open with the spoon and I put this pasta sauce in and I didn't want anyone to know I was there for some reason so I washed my dish and I washed everything and I just like <laughs> ate and left <laughs> yeah no one was home and like they were on vacation a sketchy or something. story yeah, it was sketchy <laughs> but I forgot to throw my can in the garbage <laughs> so they get home and they're like who the hell tried to rip open this can with their mouth like they had no <laughs> clue because this thing was absolutely mangled i sent a picture to the group chat and i've never been so embarrassed in my life i was like that was me and i tried opening a can with a spoon and they're like are you kidding me dean like you couldn't find a freaking can opener and like why were you here eating spaghetti i was like i don't know <laughs> And <laughs> and then so they opened the drawer and it was literally right there in the drawer was this can opener. Oh so every year, like because I mangled this can, like they actually thought a homeless person came into their house and like tried to just open this can with their hands. That's how mangled it was. So hungry. So yeah, that was my story. Wow. <laughs> That's why I get these can opener socks. But yeah, I know it was a little ridiculous. <laughs> that just shed so much light on the. I'm innovative the socks. though. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm very innovative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. You're determined. I'm determined. I was yeah. so determined. I what you would have done if you didn't have google i don't know oh you would have i thought you like put this can in in the sock and then like smash it open or something <laughs> like i thought that's where the story was going <laughs> no uh i use a spoon it, it's doable people you can open a can with a sock uh, you know what spoon. how else you can do it like if you have a can of beans and you don't have a can opener 
you like uh, build a fire and put the can of beans upside down on the fire, like on a nice flat surface, and then it'll just heat up, and then the top will blow off, and the can of beans, like the beans, will just beans be do <laughs> <laughs> No, it'll just be. Watch out! The beans in the eye. eye. <laughs> I've done it before, but yeah, I can't remember how. Plot twist. How though. good it turned out. What if you can't start a fire? I mean, I can. But like, what if someone can't? Then you'd die for sure, and you wouldn't get the meat. Survival of the I fittest. Yeah. yeah. Darwin <laughs> theory comes into. The <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, you'd obviously do fine because <laughs> you got into that can. <laughs> you yeah. showed that can. It was <laughs> if I wanted to, like, you know, go to the CFR as I watch as I wanted that can of spaghetti, I probably could have been there like twelve times now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into this intro, um, but what we have been seeing all over Facebook is um, the horse game bio. So we figured that um, maybe we'll play that with each other. Uh, it'll be a quick little short answers, and um, yeah, so we'll get started. Uh, Steph H., let's uh, let's start with Ray. Ray sure. There. Okay. Ray. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'll ask the question for you, and then you, yeah, we'll just... Should we like should we like go around the table and uh I think maybe you'll do the full one. She'll do the full kay. one, then I'll do the full one. Then kay. we can do like a speed. We'll do it quick. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Ray. Horses registered name. Raisin a major lady. Barn name. Ray. Nicknames. Ooh. Ray Ban. Ray Ban. <laughs> Ray Ray. Yeah, you say Ray Ray a lot. <laughs> I call her Ray Ban. That's actually funny. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, really. What's her color? She is a solid sorrel. No markings are white on her. I like how she looks. I like that nice solid sorrel. Very red. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Disciplines. Uh, barrels. And I mean, that's pretty much it. She's like well broke. I'm sure she could do uh, pretty much anything. You do a nice set of poles on her though. Pole. Yeah, she'll, she'll do yeah. poles. I don't think she wants to be a rope horse ever. No. Nope. <laughs> She'd be like, you. God, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. She's like the Regina George of horses. <laughs> Very, you can't sit with us. She's <laughs> very princessy. Yes. <laughs> okay, and her personality. Yeah, very sensitive. Um, kind of like a one-person type of horse. Like if you're, if she's never met you before, and you go like walking up to her real fast, like she'll probably like pull back and freak out. Like you gotta, <laughs> like you gotta just like you know tread lightly around her and mm -hmm. talk. Tell her she's pretty and cute and nice, and <laughs> <laughs> she's very nice. What does she hate? What does she hate? I don't know. It seems like she hates everything when I'm riding her because she constantly <laughs> swishes her tail and pins her ears. But I think yeah. that's like her way of saying that she's actually having fun. That's yeah, her I, determination face. I have literally, when I first hopped on Ray, I was like, is she going to buck me off? I am not <laughs> sure. I've never had a horse pin its ears back at me. Like this she's so funny. No. She is funny. Since day one, that's how she's been. <laughs> what does she love? What does she love? Mm. <laughs> no, no. <What> <laughs> How do you not know? She loves her Oats. job. Oats? She <laughs> loves running barrels. Yeah. Yeah. I feels like she loves running barrels. Yeah. yeah. She is always happy to go she rip down the alleyway. She yeah. loves her hands, though. She, she loves, loves geldings. Hands. She loves Vegas. Oh, my God. She turns her butt towards me. Oh, time. yeah. She loves the boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little whore. <laughs> oh, uh, her favorite treat? Uh, probably just oats. Yeah. Yeah. Her age? Nine this year. Uh, height? Uh, I would say she's like a 15-1-ish. Yeah, I think so. That's annoying habits. Mm. Won't back out of the trailer. <laughs> yeah, she won't back out of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Best feature? 
just so broke, willing, and honest. Mm-hmm. He's honest. Um, worst feature. Oh no, we said worst feature. Um, short, long, or roached bane. Long and thick. Yeah, she always has it. You have it nice and braided. She'd I have to. She'd be like to. that cute little girl that hers always looks polished and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you if, I don't, if I don't keep her mane braided, I, it gets tangled in my reins and I like <laughs> it in a run and it's just yeah. like not good ever. <laughs> and last question, trainer. Trainer, I bought her with um, a pretty good start on the pattern from Jessica Galloway. I don't know if she actually started her from the ground up, but she definitely like, I think she took her to Arizona for a year and like mm-hmm. she was probably like almost 3D when I got her and then just um, I brought her along from there for the help of some clinics. And yeah, she, Jessica Galloway put a really nice start on her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Your ghost TV. You want to you wanna be asked about cash now? No. We'll keep that. Oh. We'll keep that lead to the end. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All Kay. right, Stevie. Horse's uh, registered name. Jet of Perfection. And what about her nickname? Um, Joski. Joski. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her barn, na- her barn name first. Yeah, and then her Joe. Nickname. Her Joe. regular name mm-hmm. is Joe. No. Her nickname is now Joe Derte. <laughs> <laughs> According Love to it. Nadine. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what color is she? She is a chestnut. And what is her discipline? Barrels. Barrels? Yeah. That's about Not, yeah. yeah. Barrels. Uh, and whatever else I do around the, around here, just trails and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personality. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> do not walk behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She's kind of... She's like Ray, like... A one-person horse. If she doesn't know you, do not walk up to her when she's tied, because she will. Yeah, she'll pull back or she'll rock She'll launch, give yeah. you this look like, "Don't you dare come near me," because if you do, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you give her like two minutes, even one minute, just to show her you're not gonna kill her, then mm-hmm. then you're good. Mm-hmm. What does she hate? Um. Oh, what does she hate? Um, horses near her food. (laughs) (laughs) Anything near her food, probably. Yeah. What does she love? Food. (laughs) (laughs) Like mother, like daughter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's always thinking about food, and so am I. Yeah. (laughs) Favorite treat? I don't know. I don't really feed my horses treats. I have cookies in the trailer. I'll give them. Yeah. But like, yeah. How old is she? She is, I guess she would be nine this year. Yeah, same age as Ray. Same age as Ray, yeah. Height. I'm going to say 15 hands, maybe. I never measure my horses. (laughs) Yeah, she's a little bit shorter than me. More like a cowie build. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Annoying habit. Um, Kicking people. (laughs) (laughs) No, she doesn't always kick people. It's more like if she gets startled or just or if eat. she's eating. Mm-hmm. I've kind of worked with her on that, but mm-hmm. I still don't trust her with anyone near mm-hmm. her butt. Yeah. Better be safe than sorry. Yeah. Uh, best feature. Oh. Um, I just, I don't know. I just like how she runs. I like how she turns. She, gets she runs nice hard and she turns hard. Mm-hmm. Naturally yeah. athletic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, short, long, or roach mane? It's long. It's not very thick, but it's pretty long. Mm-hmm. It's like her dad. Mm-hmm. Trainer. 
so Jordan Richardson, my cousin, he put a little more than half a month on her, and then I took her from there. Um, I think he, I, I got him to put some more time on her a little later on, just to help me with a few things. Mm-hmm. And then Shannon Blakely put a month of barrels on her, and then the rest was me. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nadine, it's Cash's turn. Registered name. It's pending right now. She is uh, <laughs> technically a gr- well. She's uh, we're working on getting her papers right. Mm-hmm. And her barn name. Cash. Cash. Nicknames. Bitch. Hell, <laughs> bitch. Oh I, my yeah. goodness. Bad girl. <laughs> Cashy poo. Cashy poo is also yeah. a uh, Color. She's a bay. And discipline. Barrel racing, killing people, bucking horse. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't no, think she, she's she, that mean. <laughs> she can be mean. Yeah. She can be dirty. But no, she uh, she's a, a she likes roping as well. Ranch work. Um, she likes to move. Well, we moved a lot of rodeo stock on her, and a lot of ranch roping has been done on cool. her. Personality. The devil. Just kidding. No, <laughs> she's 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 a sweetheart, kind of. <laughs> that's her personality <laughs> no, okay she actually like doesn't really have like a whole big personality she's just like don't touch me don't breathe on me yeah i guess it's just a typical mare yeah typical mare hates everything with two legs okay just Loves. kidding <laughs> <laughs> she like just doesn't like um doing the same repetitive work all the mm. time she'll like do it to a point and then she's like okay i'm done then, bye. yeah yeah cool and she hates uh she hates other mares Hmm. Yep. What does she love? Nothing. Just kidding. No, <laughs> she uh she lo- I I think she loves she does love barrels. She's just trying to figure it out right now. She actually really loves roping though. I think that's mm-hmm. like if she doesn't work out to be a barrel horse, she's going to be a, a nice little ranch horse or yeah. something. Yeah. Favorite treats? Human flesh. Just kidding. She like never bit me. You are so <laughs> mean to her horse. Good thing you might might be making another horse purchase here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I just I like playing into like her being like the like a funny the funny the funny traits of her. But no, she's actually never actually bit a person before. She does love um she loves her Buckeye and she likes her Hoffmans. Okay, side note on biting. I had a little um a little red mare when I was little little pony mm-hmm. and i was at the horse show in p server and my brother goes by and this mare like she was she was a cranky little mare and she was eating and my brother goes by and she reaches out and bites him on the shoulder oh. and there's this little english lady there and he's like oh she bit me he's like she's like she bit you <laughs> charlie bit you, she bit you. Yeah. it's just so funny that's cute yeah. i've only ever been bitten by a donkey before Ooh. oh really yeah, yeah little devil donkey it was a mini one too they'll get you yeah okay where were we at her okay age. her height no her oh, age her age she is seven turning eight nice her nice. height uh 15 two. i think she's the tallest out of the ride tribe gang here mm-hmm. i don't know man i think fame's probably taller than that now yeah like out of our <laughs> horses but like our running about. horses yeah. yeah um annoying habits um She'll throw things dirty at you every once in a while. She doesn't really have a uh, warning. She mm-hmm. just hits the eject button like right then and there. <laughs> and we've amazingly got like all of those on video. Yeah, we have yeah. lots of documentation. Not all of them. Most Not all of them. them Most of them, though. <laughs> yeah. 
uh best feature she's very pretty like i think oh, yeah. she's a super she has that pretty doll face and mm-hmm. and she's a very pretty mare and she's very 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 well broke like i have never been on a horse more broke than cash she can do a whole heck of a lot so really like that about her worst feature that she bucks when she runs <laughs> <laughs> very athletic <laughs> I've, I've seen that, that yeah about. short longer roached mane her mane was super long past her neck, like super thick. Her daddy had a very thick mane and then she rubbed 90% of it off. But now it's actually almost past her neck again. So it's pretty long. Cool. Uh, trainer. Actually, I was the first person on Cash's back. Uh, Cole and I started her uh, when she was three. Then she sat for a little bit. Then Cole decided to pull her out and move some bulls on her as a four-year-old or something. And then she also sat again for another six months. And then he's just like, well, the mare that I had didn't work out. So he gave her to me. So I did pretty much the rest of the training on her. Uh, Cole helped me a lot as well. And then um, Christine Drisner's had her for um, five weeks now, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then actually Donette and Casey, Donette Rowling and Casey Chudak uh, puts a couple weeks on her too after uh, she got sick. So cool. Yeah. Nice. I think that's that's everyone. Yeah, and I was totally kidding about the bad features on Cash. I just <laughs> had to make her look like the villain in this one because everyone's she been... isn't the villain. No, like, she's not. She's, so she's nice. real. She's really nice. Yeah. But I see everyone like posting like the nicest things about their horses, and I was like, yeah, I gotta put a little funny twist on this. <laughs> <laughs> All cool. right. Yeah. So we're really excited to bring you Andrea and, and Colby. They, I honestly love this podcast. Mm-hmm. They had. It was really cool because we got. Um, two ladies who are very similar obviously mother and daughter and they have uh, their own little twist on their program but both create phenomenal horses so we hope you really enjoyed this podcast i i know i learned a lot what about you guys definitely mm-hmm. definitely yeah, yeah. I, we, I was lucky enough to tell stevie took the clinic too in fairview and mm-hmm. yeah they're great instructors as well yeah yeah, yeah I, I actually remember you guys taking that clinic, and I wish I would have taken it, but I think that's when I first started riding cash, um, so I didn't think I'd take her to a barrel clinic at mm-hmm. that point yet, but yeah. I think I did too, actually. I took one with Joe, and then I was supposed to take another one with Joe, but for some reason she... Oh, that was when she got the big abscess on her neck. Oh, no. And she had a big hole in her neck, so then I took Kavachi. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember him. I rode him, I rode him on a trail ride or something once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Steph's house. Yeah, we actually, it was really cool because um, her uh, boyfriend at the time, now her husband, actually, like, uh, used a snowcat and, like, made a huge yeah. trail. And we just, like, I think we, like, pretty much, like, high loped, like, the whole way. I was actually, guys, I was scared that whole time because <laughs> I was like, Joe's going to buck me off. She's going to buck me off. Because we're all just, like, flying down the field. Like, not even yeah. going fast, but... It was like a nice, comfortable high lope. Like anytime yeah. I go faster than a little lope in a field, I just, I got bucked off once and it wasn't <laughs> very fun. So it's <laughs> not very fun. I know. And here I was in Gabachi. Like I, I literally still have trouble saying that horse's name until today. Kabachi. Kabachi, like, not Gabachi. Yeah, you said Kabachi. I thought it was Gabachi. <laughs> what the, why would you pick the most complicated horse name? <laughs> it's an underwater volcano off the Solomon Islands. Oh. oh. I heard a lot of other ways of pronouncing it too at Jackpots. It'd be Cavachi. 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 Or they guys, just don't say it. You guys are going to have to help me with a name if I potentially get this horse that I'm talking I about. So Mom, excited. don't listen yes. to this anymore. But yeah, no, we found one. <laughs> Very little cheap. Uh, going to enter Might the app. Might just have some uh, cool colors. Yeah. yeah. Might be entering the appy world again. <laughs> 
Okay, we'll think time because we've been hearing about it for the last six months. So I'm very yeah. glad that if you move, move forward with this purchase, mm-hmm. it's meant to be. Yeah, I think so. My yeah. own little Zeus. Cool. But yeah, no, that that's a. Uh, I remember like you said he like doesn't want to move out or whatever, and he just wanted to like run the whole time, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this works. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Mm-hmm. That was fun. All right, everyone, we are so honored to bring to you this mother-daughter duo. So starting with the foundation of the triangle, we have Andrea Udall. She has both trained and competed and won on numerous futurity horses. And I think that just goes to show you how rock solid her program really is. In 2015, she won the Canadian High Point Futurity on Streak into Corona. She was also a CCA finals qualifier on this same horse. She's had another horse you might recognize by the name of Talented Streak Fame, who was a CBHI Futurity Champ and a Northlands Futurity Champ. Uh, 2017, she had Pepinex French Gal, who was a 2017 Reserve Canadian High Point Champ, Glacier Chaser Futurity Champ, Peace Country Futurity Champ, and a couple other things on there too. Um, so Andrea has had absolutely no shortage of bringing up amazing horses, and we are so excited to share with you a little more on how she does that. Andrea's daughter, Colby, is following along right in her footsteps. In 2014, she was the Canadian Cowboys Association champion and rookie of the year. In 2016, she qualified for the American semifinals as well as a contestant as the, at the Canadian finals rodeo. In 2019, she got a piece of that super stakes money and you bet your bottom she'll be back there again on her wicked horse that she's running right now. 2014 was a proud mom moment for Andrea as her other daughter, Hallie, won 11 rodeos consecutively in the regular season. She then went on to win every single round except for one in the CCA finals where she won second. Well, you guys, that's so many accomplishments for just one family. You can see that Andrea not only brings up amazing horses, but brings up amazing jockeys as Mm -hmm. well. Without further ado, we are so excited to bring you Andrea Udall and Colby Gilbert. Hey, Andrea and Colby, how's it going today? Going good. Where? Yeah, going good. Where are we finding you guys at? You're probably not in the same location, hey? Uh, no, I'm at home, just in Maple Creek, uh, listening to the wind howl outside, but we do have dry dirt, oh. so I won't complain. Jealous. Yeah. And I'm in Pinoca. Uh, I just live north of Pinoca here. Um, I'm just at home, drinking a coffee under my heated blanket, because it is still like winter here. It is <laughs> yeah. like winter. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. When I got off the plane, I saw so much snow. I was just like, oh, my. <laughs> well, even just this last week, it's like mm-hmm. it snowed two feet. I'm jealous that you have dirt down there. Yeah. yeah, me too. So are you riding outside right now? It is. Um, yeah, we, we've got some rope and steers. We've been, we roped uh, last weekend. Then we got a little bit of snow and some cold weather. But I worked my ground yesterday, and it's fantastic. So uh, you do have to, like, it's windy. We have, like, a 40-kilometer wind every day. But oh, my god! Definitely the dirt is uh, is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Right it's now. so <laughs> hard to picture that right now. Like, I can't, I can't even picture riding outside in dirt right now. I know. <laughs> so much. So yeah, we went and looked at a little place this weekend, and 
I it's not even the wait what day is it Saturday okay yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think it was two days ago and it was like up to my thigh in snow it was actually terrible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are you able to ride down there by Pinoca still somewhere Colby yeah we have quite a bit of snow so honestly I haven't been riding outside a ton right now um we're really lucky because we actually have an indoor arena um at our place so it's super handy that way I Mm -hmm. I really I'm not hindered by the cold weather yeah well that's That's good yeah the Calnash must be closed and everything hey yeah it is um we're really lucky because we have lots of lots of facilities around um right now it's a little slow obviously with everything going on but um yeah that's where I'm super thankful just to have our own just um in times that everything's kind of closed up Mm -hmm. yeah for sure Alrighty, so diving right into it, um, have horses and barrel racing always been a passion for both of you guys? Okay, so I'll start with that one. Um, so my mom and dad were not really horse people, um, so I was really lucky. They actually brought high school rodeo to Saskatchewan for me, um, or for Saskatchewan, and um, so when I was a kid, they uh, gave me a lot of opportunity to go and ride with people. Um, I think I went to Sharon Camarillo when I was nine. Um, and then just carried on. And um, I lived, I went and spent a summer with Dave Elliott and Louise Hoban. Um, Lona Hunter was another one. Um, Vern Saperja, who is an amazing reigning horse trainer that lives in Austria now. So I had tons of opportunity to learn at a young age. Um, and that's kind of where I got my start. Um, definitely mom and dad just kind of threw me to whatever I could, wherever I could learn and, and that sort of thing. Cool. And how about you, Colby? Yeah. And I would say, um, obviously growing up with mom, naturally, I became really passionate early on and I was pretty horse crazy um I was super lucky because mom always made sure I was on the greatest of horses that she could she could find and I think that really instilled a lot of confidence in my riding and mm-hmm. I just from there I, I never did high school rodeo or anything like that I kind of had to choose um between uh amateur or semi-pro association versus say high school rodeo mm-hmm. um and since I never really did anything other than barrel racing I I chose the semi-pro the CCA uh circuit association um so I kind of went through the ranks there and then yeah that's kind of how we got started cool so from that Colby like oh sorry (laughs) go ahead Uh, uh, Colby was um like rookie of the year in the amateur association her first year buying her card and made the finals and won the finals in her ladies year oh wow um and then yeah like she won the juniors sold or moved on to a different horse made this um and then uh on a home race horse uh we trained she then won rookie of the year the next year and actually both of my girls hallie and colby both won uh the cca finals in the same year hallie won the juniors and colby won the ladies oh that's pretty oh my uh, gosh yeah yeah it was definitely a huge mom Proud mom, yeah, you must have been so proud. Yeah, yeah. And I think Hallie won every round except for one. I think she, that year she, um, 
she had won 11 rodeos in the season consistently in a row and then went to the finals and and if you if you ask Callie she was faster every night than Colby to that would have won the (laughs) (laughs) some some sibling some sibling rivalry a little bit there but it was definitely a great it was definitely great and then Colby won the rookie of the year in the CPRA and made the CFR the same year too so yeah so was that all on horses that you guys had trained yourselves oh yeah yeah we um um I actually was a single mom for you know a lot of the girls young life and didn't have a lot of money so we definitely built them um and I was that mom that I sold the horse as soon as they were like you know going good and solid um I remember selling a horse down in Great Falls and Colby I told her, I'll buy you a brand new cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> and on the way home, she was, there was tears in her eyes. And, uh, yeah. And, and it was like, you know, now thinking back, I was not, but it definitely, there was always another one that came up and, mm-hmm. and stepped up and was great. So definitely um, it, it was a buy and sell um, at, at our place. It was never um, something that we kept for very long. Yeah. So um, going back to how you were a single mother, in case we do have any listeners that are single mothers, do you have any other tips for them, maybe like one or two uh, that do have kids in rodeo? Um, yeah, like I guess the biggest thing I would say is that um, education and like knowledge and hard work can can make great horses. Like, um, you know, buying a horse, is really great um that's like a finished rodeo horse but i felt like um we just worked really hard at taking a really nice well put together broke horse and and making them into barrel horses and um like it's just having the um opportunity to ride great horses not per se barrel horses but just really well i like the cutting and cow horse kind of style of horses mm-hmm. so I would take something that was really nicely broke and just put barrels on it and um and so you know as a single mom I didn't have to go and spend a ton of money um on horses I just um bought really nice broke horses and then and put them through that way mm-hmm. yep that's awesome so from the outside looking in, it seems like you two make a great training and jockey team. Can you tell us a little bit about how you work together? Yeah, so I would say we um, we definitely work great together. I uh, It's been more of a learning process. I mean, really just watching each other. Um, I've learned from mom my whole life, so we definitely mesh well together. Um, I just love to watch her do kind of her foundation work and I have always kind of been the, the go fast um jockey type <laughs> following all of her hard work yeah. <laughs> so I've gotten the fun stuff but um definitely I mean there are times we we both have our own opinions and as we get I get older and I kind of have my own way of do th- doing things too um but I think we we really help each other grow and and think of new ways of looking at things and um it's just been a, a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say like a lot of times um, 
Like I, I really enjoy being at home and, and those first 20, 25 jackpots that they get to go to. I really like that stage because I feel like they progress so fast. Um, then once they get like real competitive, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a super competitive person where like Colby's a winner. Um, it, it flows through her veins, um, that grit and that, um, that just that winning uh, vibe. And so I really like to just, just go slow. <laughs> Lots of times I get told, you know, you got to go a little faster. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, Colby has that fierce, um, um, like, fierce desire in her in her veins and mm-hmm. uh and that but um definitely when we ride together there's not a lot of talking that goes on mm-hmm. um there's lots of times we just you know get on this one and see what it feels like and she'll tell me what what she thinks and and uh lots of watching and just observing mm-hmm. so do you guys get to still ride together often even though you're pretty far away yeah yeah um, yeah we've been really lucky that way like uh, since moving to Pinoca um there's just so much more going on mm-hmm. um around Pinoca and in central Alberta it's it's an awesome place to live I feel like I have so much opportunity and we've been really lucky because I have lots of room uh mom kind of moved in with <laughs> a large amount of horses mm-hmm. <laughs> luckily um, luckily it's uh okay with my boyfriend that uh he moves in for a week or so but <laughs> she always comes and you know we kind of make a week of it and uh, go to some jackpots and like I said we have so many great facilities to ride at and just get cold going and it's just great mm-hmm. yeah you guys are definitely in a really great area for that so can you tell us a little bit about your niche in the barrel horse world Yeah, so I would say myself, um, definitely, like we said, I I just do better going fast. Um, that's kind of where I like. I like the competition, and I like the bit of, uh, I don't know the word. I just like the... We'll call it the Ricky Bobby mentality. I just want to go fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to go fast. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think probably where I find that I do best is um, I've always had just really good timing or really good feel. I'm not really 100% sure how to describe it but um I just get on a horse and I kind of do well filling them out and I always kind of ride the same way going fast so it's easier for me to kind of adjust I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I would say for me um I like uh I I like my horses super confident um and probably going to get sick of that word but um I try and keep everything consistent um, with the way I ride, especially like my hands. Um, lots of times, and it was, I didn't really notice it until somebody brought it up and they said like, your hands don't move. And I, so I, I generally try and um, stay really, really quiet with my hands and consistent. And then I use my feet and my body to make the changes that I want. And so um, I feel like, my horses are always my hands are so quiet that they can focus on everything else that that I'm asking of them um so and and having them soft I try and um I think the word would be like put their brain in their feet so I would I like to move my horse around and like kind of put them in a tight spot and then make them find a way to get um 
get through that tight spot and then find their own release. So um, I, I really enjoy like playing games probably with myself and my horse of how to get, if you pull this rein, you get this to go this way. And like, I've done a ton of that and, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of, just kind of trying to figure out what, what does what and knowing, looking at a horse as a whole, instead of just a barrel horse or what's ahead of me. So. Um, so I kind of have a question going back to hands is, do you have any like tips and tricks on how to make your hands a lot more quiet when going at faster speeds around the barrels? I know like it's almost like a mental plus muscle memory kind of thing because you're doing what you think. And it's so like fast, like a second barrel or first barrel or whatever comes at you so fast. You're almost like, I don't know what to do with my hands. So what's our, what are some tips and tricks that you have for someone that's struggling with that? Okay. So when you're going slow, um, I was, I did a clinic just a couple of weeks ago in, um, at Kamloops and I kept saying, you have a glass of water in each hand mm-hmm. and do not spill them <laughs> So because lots of times people ride and their hands move with the riding and that I feel like just distracts and kind of makes that horse irritated mm-hmm. and horses get very, very, um, what's the word? They get very defensive about their face. So if I want, if let's say I have a horse that's being really pushy in the bridle, I'll hold my hands super still and I will beat them up, not beat them up. I will <laughs> bother them with my feet. So mm-hmm. then I, that's where I'm getting the reaction instead of it being a, through my hands. So, yeah. but having your hands still and, you know, um, and, and steady is very important. And lots of times when I explain it, like, you know, when you're driving really fast and your car drops over the side of the pavement, mm-hmm. you don't want to correct it super fast. You want to just ease it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of how I explain it when you're going fast. If everything has to be at a, a soft, fluid move, not a fast jerk move, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That's a great yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Because I definitely overcorrect when I'm driving. <laughs> 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 so yeah same thing when you're riding yeah no, and I do I when I do go fast I ride usually in something with a little bit of yellow light or a little bit of slide mm-hmm. just so that if my hand does take a hold a little bit fast then that gives that horse a little bit of um uh softness mm-hmm. instead of just a direct contact mm-hmm. for sure um, so moving into the fun, like the fundamentals of your guys's program, would you say from start to finish, you guys have a similar idea of a program? I would say in a sense, um, I think we both for sure do fundamentals the same way and starting a cold, like um, just kind of going slow and letting them pick their own pace. Um, definitely kind of where I start off with is I just like to lope one up the middle, uh, go go into my turn and stop at my rate point and kind of walk around nice and relaxed um, and do that for a a long time first. Um, Just getting their confidence, like mom said. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say we really do do lots from start to start for sure the same. What would you say, mom? Um, Like I think um, Colby's a little bit tougher. Um, She's there. Like, I feel like she asks a lot more. than I do, which is, which is a 
you know, it's not a bad thing or a good thing. I sometimes get a little lax. And um, I remember we were riding the other day and she said, what do you say to everybody at the clinic? And, and cause sometimes I get fallen away from it and I'm like, Oh, you did so good. And it's like, no, I have to be a little bit more regimented. And a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I feel like um, I let something slide that uh, Colby does not. Um, and so that, but the, I think our end result um, is definitely very, very similar. And, um, and it, it, it's, it's all the same program that we've, we've worked on for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I would just, just a little bit of things that are a little bit different, but mostly the end, end result is the same. Mm-hmm. So and I would say even in some slow work too, there's some differences we do like, um, I like to look around a barrel, um, mm-hmm. at times, like it depends definitely on the colt and the stage and stuff like that. But like I said, I do so much feel. Um, so if I feel like one needs to kind of be engaged in a turn and lope around a barrel where I would say maybe mom, you don't do it as much as well. Right. 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 I, I, you know, I'm always trying to keep those feet as quiet as possible. So I, I do a lot of like, you know, walking and relaxing and whatever, where, you know, and that's just the different personalities that we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most horses that, um, like, when I start, they're always like, um, they're greener, and then they're, they just transition into Colby, because she just pushes them harder, or a little bit farther than mm-hmm. I do, where I generally have passed that on, and got, got past that stage. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's a really important that there's that, um, you know, them to gain that confidence is just, you know, um, that's what they kind of do with me. And then when they go to her, they're just like, they're ready for the task and ready to, to go to that next level. Mm-hmm. And we also do ride the same type of horse a lot too. So mm-hmm. I think their personal styles, like as far as the horses go, are, are the same between our two uh, groups of horses usually little spin-off question but so what do you guys typically look for in a barrel horse like what would you describe as your style mm-hmm. um I'm a I'm a neck and throat lover <laughs> like um and I guess a really good way to explain it is we had Mona I think everybody uh, uh talented streak fame and she had the big white spot on her hip um yeah that horse, I don't think we ever had to bridle up or like get her together. She just was that way. She mm-hmm. was, her neck came out of her shoulder. Perfect. Her, and her head actually was just about like foot perfect. Like even if I had to just draw a picture, she was that. Um, so I really like a really clean throat latch and a really nice neck. Um, and kind of from there, that I think sets up everything because if they're together there, the rest of it all falls together mm-hmm. um, as a whole, where if they've kind of got, to, if they stand tied to the trailer and their nose is kind of stuck out, um, those ones just take a little bit more work to get them together to be um, really uh, athletic, I guess mm-hmm. is, is what I would say. So when it comes to the very beginning of um, starting your Colts, do you start them from the ground up or do you send them out for the beginning? So I would say um, we never have started colts in the past. 
um, I mean, we kind of started with more aged horses and would put them on the pattern that way that were super broke and had a nice start because really mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the hard, hard part is getting them super broke. Barrels comes easy um, when they're really nicely broke and know their body mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I would say we never did in the past. Now that I've moved to Pinoka, um, I date Ogan Bonnet uh, and have lived with him now for three years. And they did start their own cult. Um, in the past. So we have um, gotten some younger stuff and I actually have a three-year-old um, French Street Rodeo baby right now and we mm-hmm. did start her from the ground up. So okay. I wouldn't say it's definitely our my, my strong suit but we're learning. <laughs> yeah, It's cool. definitely handy having a boyfriend that starts colts. <laughs> Makes shopping yeah. a lot easier because yeah. you're like, you know, that might be a little cheaper but I can just send it to my personal trainer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so can you, or Andrea, do you have anything to add on that? Um, yeah, I, like, you know, I really like, um, I bought a two-year-old last year, um, out of, uh, Wyoming and she had 45 days on her. She was standing there pretty as a picture, riding around nice and had all the, all the great experiences that she needed to be a great one. And, um, I really enjoy buying like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I feel like you know and um I just I really like because then if they had a bad start like I've had some colts that I've started myself and it's just it's just such a long process Mm -hmm. I I really I've really enjoyed um this this role that I have right now um she she had a great start and um I I think I would I, I like to buy them when they're being somebody's kind of got them started and going around mm-hmm. just yeah. so I can know what they're what they're going to be before mm-hmm. putting in all that time and feed we're not like we aren't I'm not really set up to have a lot it's hard to have five-year-old four-year-old three-year-old two-year-old yearlings like mm-hmm. it's just it is the pen space is the pen space is so hard and like I feel like they need to be fed in such a certain way and and we're just not set up. I can't have that many pens. So, um, like all my five-year-olds live together right now. Um, and then I, I do have a couple pens of younger stuff, but so I think just with the numbers, it's hard to keep, um, to take really good care and, and have them grow up how they should. Mm -hmm. So can you give us an overview of some things you guys truly believe in that create the base of your barrel program? Yeah. Do you want to start, Colby, or do you want me to? You can go first, sure. Okay. So um, before I ever even step on my horse, um, I I demand a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, Colby and I are both very much this way. Like, you will come to our place and see horses tied up all the time. Um, I feel like that's the best um opportunity you can do for them is to give them that self-soothing um uh, mechanism I guess of being tied up and being content to be tied up Mm -hmm. you know lots of times people um like it it all has to start at home and Mm -hmm. um so at my place you know I I have a barn but I don't have any box stalls I just have tie stalls and they're quite content to stand in there and have grain and um and that sort of thing so I start with that I really, really expect my horses to be 
um, okay to be tied because whether it's tied to the trailer or tied up, I want them, um, I want them to have patience and I feel like that sets the tone. Um, when I, when I get on them, I, I like to separate their body into, uh, like the front, the middle and the back. So I work my horse's back feet, um, a lot, meaning I like to disengage. So I like will reach down, pull their nose to my knee and separate the hip and, and move the hip around. Um, lots of people do this when they start their colts, but then they kind of, I feel like they a little bit forget about it. So, um, I like to be able to, um, work all body parts before mm-hmm. I even start to ride them because, you know, when, when you get loping circles and they want to fall or they want to drop into a circle, that all comes, I believe in that, and that first work that I do with them, like getting those, getting that rib to be soft, getting them to step across themselves and, and that. Um, so, so that's really important to me. Um, what about you, Colby? Yeah, I would say something, same as mom, for sure. I, I like to disengage and stuff like that. Another thing that's really important to me um, is a horse that stops or at least anticipates a stop. Um, I don't like when my horses want to try to run through my hands and don't want to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like that's kind of one, not really respecting my hands. Two, kind of leads to a horse maybe starting to be strong um, and then turn into more of a front endy type horse. I like my horses, I, I want to be able to stop them, whether I'm riding them in the field, whether I'm in the arena, slow work, or when I'm going fast. Like, mm-hmm. I want my horse to always be able to stop mm-hmm. because when you do get to rodeos, things like that, Um, I think I've mentioned in clinics, like sometimes the ground isn't great. Sometimes the weather isn't permitting. So it's muddy or, you know, things like that. I want my horse. I want control. Yeah. So for sure, I would say the stopping is huge for me. Yeah, it actually, that is huge. Um, I was all go, no, whoa, at the Hinton jackpot and (laughs) had a couple of runaways. (laughs) So after that, I actually like just like really, um, how do you even say that word? Um, I really appreciated the amount that you can do with a horse at a walk. Like I completely took her mm-hmm. off the barrels and there's so much you can do with just moving their body at a walk. And that's what we did for a long time. And like, I didn't even trot her, didn't mm-hmm. even lope her. It's all those things you guys mentioned are so important to like bring the foundation onto the pattern. Mm-hmm. And I think another big thing for me too, is always letting a horse, um, give them a chance to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to lope my horses through and give them a chance, like, you know, lope them through and see what they're going to do. And, you know, you can fix it later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just comes with confidence. Like a horse that has confidence is going to be so much nicer down the road. Mm-hmm. If they're constantly worried about, you know, you nitpicking at every little thing, I think that hurts their confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think with, with me, I try and make it like a three piece puzzle. Like, um, I, I definitely like, don't, uh, like when you go and you lope your horse through and it's, you know, your first barrel's good, but your second barrel sucks and your third barrel's okay. Well, I generally don't, like, I generally try and split it up. Like I'll let them, uh, like run the first turn it and then I'll lope them across and then stop. And then, cause I felt like that was a really big win. That first barrel was just like 
mm-hmm. amazing. So then I'll just lope them across and stop and then just let them relax for the rest. And I mm-hmm. feel like they learned that that was good job. That was what, mm-hmm. what I wanted because I quit there where I think lots of times if you just lope them through when in the learning stages that they, um, they don't really understand what was good and what was wrong. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about uh, what you like to look at, like confirmation wise when shopping for a prospect, but say you're shopping for yourself. Like you said, you guys like something that's quite broke already, or maybe even helping a client shop for something that might be started on the pattern lately. What's something that you look for under saddle that shows you there's great potential there for a barrel horse. And I, yeah, I would say we um, definitely watch for horses for people. Like if someone's kind of like, Oh, I'm looking for something. Uh, do you mind just keeping an eye out? Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely do that. And I think something I that c- catches my eye is a horse that's super consistent in different arenas um, and is just a really nice horse. Like they may not be your top 1D, you know, high dollar horse, but they're going to be smooth, consistent, and who knows what that'll bring out in the in the potential buyer mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for confidence-wise. So I think just a nice, confident horse that knows their job um, lots of times can really help a rider. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. I definitely, um, uh, like I, I, tr- I shop a lot for people. Um, uh, first barrel is everything. Yeah. If they don't turn the first, um, I usually just shut the video off. Um, cause that <laughs> is honestly, especially when you're either learning or you're just starting out, First is everything because mm-hmm. that sets up everything. And um, so I generally like that's kind of the, I don't even really worry about what goes on with the second and third, but if they, they run and find that first barrel and just really inhale it, that's, that's, that's a good horse to me. And I will, I will carry on. Um, if, if a horse goes left, I don't go left. My, uh, my, body does not and I hate to be like that but <laughs> I, feel like I, like, I, um, <laughs> I don't go left and uh, so I generally I find like when I'm I'm training a horse and if they have an issue I try and make that horse as balanced on both sides um, instead of it being switching to the left and letting it so um, I, okay. I really look for a horse that's balanced on both sides um and that sort of thing. Um, I and like having good manners. Um, having good manners is if a, a horse that respects you on the ground is a horse that is going to respect you when they're on their back. So mm-hmm. um, that's another thing. Like just that mannerism of, and it it starts right when they're young. Like if they learn from a young age that you know, and and believe me, I and I I like my horses, but they're not my pets. They're my business partner. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I have a very strong, I like them to be very respectful and, mm-hmm. and I think that they work better, um, that way when they're not running you over and yeah. doing that sort of thing. Yeah. So if you did find a prospect that was, uh, just lightly started on the barrels and maybe they had some bad habits or, or yeah, any kind of training things you didn't like, but you really liked the horse, is it, what would you look past? and still to still buy them pretty much anything I you know and I don't know if that's arrogant of me being but um I and I like 
I like that. I like to um, find a horse that maybe just, you know, has a little, some holes. And I like to, I, I, I like that. I like being able to ride that type of a horse. Okay. And I would definitely, I would look past a little bit of pushiness because I know I'm really good at instilling that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that I can get that. Um, where maybe someone like their horse is pushy and just ill-mannered and mm-hmm. I'm like oh man like that horse <laughs> he needs to be backed off like yeah. you know and so I would definitely look past something like that and be like oh yeah I can I think yeah. I can do that hopefully mm-hmm. yeah yeah might be harder for someone else but maybe easier for you yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. So a couple of us have been lucky enough to take a clinic with both of you a while back in Fairview. Are you still doing clinics together? So um, I did two years of quite a bit of clinics. um, And just because my horsepower was, um, I had some injuries and horses and things like that. So the clinics kind of, I thought, well, you know, if if it's there, I'll go and um so but this year of course i i had actually seven security horses um Holy moly. at the <laughs> start of it all yeah i had seven of them oh my god and uh so i just decided that i was going to take the year off and um stay close to home and and uh and and they're all um my own uh there's a couple that i have partners on but um they are all mine so um I that was just kind of my goal for this year um I did give or Colby has one and I'm very lucky because Colby has one and Hallie has one and then I have the rest um so so yeah so you know I I it literally it feeds a fire within me I love doing the clinics they um it, it brings it gives me so much um I get so much out of it Mm-hmm. So it's just something that um, I'm sure we'll get back at it. But just right now, um, we're busy. not. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been a year since we did a clinic together. Um, yeah. So it's been a while. And I mean, I, I work too. Um, I'm a nurse. Um, so that's kind of, I got a position last fall. So that's kind of start. you know, got it, me a little busier too. Um, but we definitely do enjoy the clinics and it's kind of nice to, when I get to add in there and have another set of eyes and things like that, we do learn so much from the clinics ourselves. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it'd be nice to get back to them. It's just kind of, I'm sure if you beg mom enough, she would definitely do it. (laughs) Willpower. Yeah. I love to be but, um, where there's three feet yeah. yeah there you go if you hound her enough she'll come and it's honestly a real talent to be able to put on a clinic um, of what you guys bring to the table so it must take years of experience so can you tell us uh, how you determine how to fix a horse and its issues in such an amount a short amount of time um, throughout like a clinic weekend So one of the things, I think it was the first clinic I did years back. Um, I generally go like 12 to 14 girls at a time. And I think the first clinic I did, they all were in one group. And I, I just about wanted to curl up and cry because I just felt, I felt so overwhelmed. Um, 
I really like to spend um, individual time. So I split the groups up in uh, morning and afternoon. I do like usually six in the morning, six in the afternoon. When I do my clinic, it's just myself. And I feel like that way um, I have a really good opportunity to keep everybody engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, I you know, as a clinician, it's, it's hard when people, um, you know, get tired and, 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 and they don't want to wait. Like, and I don't want to wait. And I feel like horses don't do very good either. Everything I do in my clinics I, is pretty intense on the horse. So um, I feel like like four hours on the horse's back is a lot. And um, so, uh, you know, I try and that's what I try and do. Um, I feel like a lot of the girls that sit and watch, because I really encourage the other girls to watch, um, they really get involved and um uh like I and I want that I want like like I think that learning from watching is so important so um being able to sit and watch your friend that you ride with do Mm -hmm. it and then you get to have the opportunity to do it is it just makes it a a little bit um less stressful for me and I feel more enjoyable for the horse and the 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 person Mm -hmm. and when I was taking the clinic I loved that like being able to sit and watch because then I could write notes whereas when I'm riding I can't write notes <laughs> relax and actually take <laughs> yeah. it in. yeah then I it's can like remember it better how a different horse handles it and how to like work around it mm-hmm. with a different horse is mm-hmm. equally as valuable I think and that's something we try to do too is is pinpoint what what the goals are of each person because um, you definitely get lots of different types that come that you know may ta- might have a, a older horse that just needs some tweaking here and there um, or might have a younger horse just starting on the pattern. Like, so it just really depends um, finding out what people's goals are and what they're kind of looking to get out of the clinic too. Mm-hmm. One, so, and one thing that I love and like, I really enjoy getting on other yeah. people's horses. <laughs> like, um, you know, and it's, I feel like it's very hypocritical for me to stand there and say, you're doing this or you're doing that. Because I feel like when I get on, I'm like, oh okay that's why that feels like that (laughs) or looks like that yeah and I know Colby is the same way like it's just getting on and being able to because and it's lots of times it can't be explained it's got to be something that I hope people see and just watch and they can they're like you know yeah that's the part I enjoy so what do you think it takes to be a good clinician and how did you, or what are some tips maybe um, to switch from being like a trainer and helping like some people that you know to helping complete strangers? Oh, tips. <laughs> 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 um, I think just acknowledging maybe like there's lots of ways and lots of different styles um, out there that get it done like mm-hmm. there are so many people I'd love to ride with just to even see like you know the different styles because there's so many and I mean there's nothing wrong with any type of style um, so I think we really try or like to not criticize and not be like you know no you have to change your style completely today this is how it's done because mm-hmm. um, I learned so much watching all the girls at the clinic you know it's like Oh, like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, did you see the way that horse just did that? Like, and I feel like we talk to the group lots and are like, did you guys just see that? Like, did you see how that horse just changed? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just being really upfront about that and just, you know, like, I learned so much at the clinic. Mm-hmm. And 
um, we're the ones putting the clinic on. So I think it's definitely a two way street. Do either of you guys still have that Mel Highland song stuck in your head? Which Mel Highland song? I used to be a cowboy. I used to rodeo. I even won the world one time. I guess y'all didn't know. Okay, so you clearly didn't forget that song, <laughs> and you clearly didn't get the singing genes what? in your family. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. Maybe my brother is a little bit better than me. Let's hear something that he's made. Okay. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Where can we hear more of that? You can find them on Instagram at Midnight Lights Music with no spaces, as well as on Facebook, Midnight Lights Music. And he sings with his wife, Katie, right? Yeah, yeah, they sing together. Wow. And they actually, we want to give a really big thank you out to them because they've helped us out so much with this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've helped a lot with us just picking our equipment and um, a lot with the sound and the editing. Yeah, so we are so thankful for them and all their help. So be sure to check them out and continue listening to this podcast. All right, so we'll change the direction a little bit to uh, more specifically to the fraternity game. Um, you guys have trained, brought along, competed, and won on numerous fraternity horses, the both of you. So, of course, we want to hear a little bit more about that. Um, I've been following on, I think I have you guys on Facebook and Instagram, and I noticed um, a post from your last CBHI in 2019. It sounded like you guys had a pretty successful combined effort there. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my fraternity horse uh, last year had a little bit of soundness issues. So I was kind of not just kind of bored didn't really have um anything fun to play with so um actually there was a horse listed for sale um and it was I think it was July like 18th or something like that um so I picked up the horse I drove um and picked him up and he he was really nicely broke um he was a son of all-star special out of a daughter Zampavar and he um did he was a mounted shooting horse that's what they were kind of trying to use him for and he didn't like the earplugs in his ears so she was selling them so I went and tried them and bought them and I think actually that night I took him to a jackpot and uh, just trotted him through because I had to get my numbers in to go to the SBRA finals so um so I just like totally he was um really put together nice he was a little bit bigger than what we're normally used to but um so I just played around with him and did some did some tweaking and and just got his footwork uh solid around the pattern um and I think it was about was it about a month before the CBA cycle yeah I think so yeah so about a month before I like I felt like he was super solid and had maybe a chance at being um being being ready to go to the CBA. He was super safe, so um it was just kind of a shot in the dark. So he went to his first jackpot in July and then 
um, Colby took them um, probably in September. Uh-huh. And then you can tell the. Yeah, so I was kind of pouting because I had a really nice super stakes mare that I had done well in the 30s on. And she had an injury right before the super stakes. So I was pouting about it, not super <laughs> thrilled. And yeah. mom was like, well, I got this horse. How about you? How about you just take this horse? And I don't want to go fast anyway. So you just see what, what you can do. So I took him the month before and took him to a couple jackpots and kind of just got, got used to him. Like mom said, he was a little bit of a bigger horse because I usually ride smaller kind of cowbred horses. And um, he just had a really nice style. Like he was really rappy around the barrels. He'd just find them. Um, so we kind of knew we had nothing to lose really because there were two runs and we might as well just go for it. So I ran him the first day on the first round and he ran 18 zero so fast as he'd been on a standard and you're like woohoo that's mm-hmm. awesome like super excited about it no expectations really either um and then the second round kind of did the same thing but I kind of put the pressure on a little more and he handled it well and ended up I think being maybe 17-8 and yes. placed in the super stakes made the short goal we we're absolutely thrilled yeah um mm-hmm. so yeah it was just really a team effort and uh he's he rose up to the challenge, that's for sure. And we actually ended up, I was going to keep him and uh, go the rodeos on him this spring, but uh, we just had a, a lady kind of call us and say she was looking for a nice kind of 1D horse, so uh, they fit each other really well, so we did end up selling him this spring. Okay. That's cool, and I think that is just a perfect example and tribute to your guys' training program yeah. and uh, ability <laughs> to compete, too. Yeah. 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 Do you have any other favorite futurity standouts or accomplishments you've had that you'd like to share? Uh, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> as far as you want. <laughs> well, I had, um, I've had quite a few. I guess I wouldn't say that I ever had like, I've always had just one a year that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, 2014, I had a gelding um, pistol pack in heat, and he was kind of the same way. I think Colby was going to the Derby, so I entered the Futurity on him um, just because. And same thing, had no expectations. I think he ran an 18-3 and then a 17-8, and then I made the short go. And I remember uh, running home from the short go and I looked up at the clock and it was still in the 16s and I oh actually goodness. sat oh up and he was a 174 <gasps> and what um, <laughs> he was a 74 so yeah wow. he was he was amazing and he kind of like he jumped around we sold him and he actually is owned by Jody Griffin which is my sister now and okay. and he is just he's like a snorty uh bromby long mane long tail just Oh, he's such a cool horse. So That's super cool. happy. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next year I had Famous and her name was Streaking the Corona. She, um, I think she won about $26,000 and we ended up winning. Oh, like I made the CCA finals on her and like the minimum amount of rodeos you go to um, is 15. And, he, and we went to 15. I went to the first rodeo I ever entered her in. And it was the biggest indoor rodeo in, like, uh, the biggest rodeo of the year. And she just knocked it out of the park and won it. And she was just, she was, uh, she was a type that you just had to sit back and let her, 
let her do her job. You didn't make her do her job. You just let her do it. And, mm-hmm. um, so I ended up winning the high point year end in the futurities on her. Um, then uh, Mona was the next year. She was talented, big fame. And mm-hmm. she won the CBHI. She won uh, Northland Futurity. Uh, she ran a 17-3 at Pinoca. And oh, wow. two years back-to-back, 2016 and 2017, I ran the fastest time um, in the CB- on a CBHI horse, but it wasn't super safe. Oh, year oh. Zero. oh that's hmm. cool, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. So, so, yeah, so Mona, uh, she was pretty amazing. Um, and then the next year I had um, Star, which, Peppinick French gal and she same thing she was uh reserve high point uh in the futurities and just she won I don't know I think four or five futurities won the glacier chaser down in the states ran a 17-1 or no 17-2 then ran a 17-1 at Pinoca yeah so yeah it's just I had a really good run of about like five in a row there Mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah, you said and I haven't. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't been in the futurity game very long. Um, I kind of always went to the rodeos, but since moving up to Pinoca, um, I did end up with a a nice four year old um, last year. No, two years ago in her four year old year. So um, she was a boonlet, boonlet out of a. The mare's name was Sonic Smith. Sonic Smith. Um, and she was super staked. So I ran her at the Saturdays last year, just came on really nice, um, a super confident horse. Um, so she did well at the Saturdays last year. Unfortunately, she sustained an injury right before the CBHI, like I said. Um, so that was tough, but, uh, she's down now and we're just getting her back in shape now for her derby year and the rodeos. Hmm. We can't wait to watch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So when starting a horse on the pattern, does your program differ depending on the end game? So for example, uh, a client or someone with fraturity goals versus rodeo goals. I would say no. Um, we definitely have always just had, our program has always been taken to the fraturities if they're fraturity horses. Uh, and then they always go to the rodeos after. Um, every finals or anything, any rodeo finals I've made, I've always been on Colt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never really owned anything past, I bet, eight years old, honestly. Mm-hmm. So um, really the end game is just the same. We just want them to be super confident horses in the end because it's always been our end game to sell them uh, to someone else. Uh, we really like seeing them go on and do well, and we re- really like the next projects we get. So I think the biggest thing is we just try to bring them along and have them as confident as we can. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you can do to build confidence in a horse? Build confidence. Um, I feel like being consistent. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, really uh, it comes from your hands. It comes from your body. Um, just being confident to get them to that spot um, to do their job. Confidence, like I feel like when you walk them, lots of times you put their brain and their feet. And I've seen so many times where like motion around a barrel just kind of gets everybody flustered. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the walking around that barrel just teaches them muscle memory of where to place their feet and how Mm -hmm. to relax and take a deep breath and focus on where they're going. And 
um, so that would, I would say is my key is they, they don't get to a turn and they, they panic. I want them to really like soften and relax and just, um, and be, be confident that their feet can get there and get in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And I would say, um, another thing too, that I kind of like to do is I always, I always put the pieces back together afterwards. Like I always, so say I warm up my horse and I go and work barrels. And then I always, I usually look them through and I want to see where they're at. And if it's great and it's perfect, I never end there. I always put the pieces back together. Okay. I always, you know, slow work. If you're going to walk or rope or however you're going to do it, just put those pieces back together. So that's what they're remembering for next time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a good, mm-hmm. good advice. Yeah. So assuming that you have a really well broke horse and you can move all the components of the horse how you want, um, what do you, what would your timeline look like? Like how long would it take you to have one ready to start exhibitioning on the pattern? Um, I don't think it takes that long. No. You know, um, and like exhibitioning to me is just, uh, it's like exhibitions about putting them in the trailer, hauling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's not about really, um, like going fast. I, this mm-hmm. spring, I don't, I was warming up some colts and just a warm up pen. <laughs> there was people going everywhere. My poor colts were just scary place. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I don't think of it so much as, um, so like if I can just go, and like lope up and even like walk around I think it's a great opportunity for them to just have that um that opportunity to do that and like it is everything that leads up to that um and and so I don't I don't feel like it takes long um if they're broke literally it can happen Mm -hmm. that day you know they can you if you can lope up and stop and walk around you're gonna you're just setting a foundation um, right then and there so mm-hmm. I I'm just I'm definitely that person that will go and you know the wheels might fall off the bus and I'm looking like the biggest fool but <laughs> it really doesn't bother me that much yeah. yeah I don't mind I know that and like lots of times it's like I lost I think to myself what was my win in this situation and it's like they all stay tied to the trailer and yeah, they, yeah. nobody <laughs> nobody you know so so that's definitely yeah, and like an example too, like I I got my security horse. Her name's Salty. Um, so I got Salty her the fall of her four year old year. Um, she's a bit of a handful, but super broke. She had a lot of hands um, that had had her. Um, she just had a bit of a wild streak. Is her only downfall. Um, <laughs> but I did end up with her, and she was trotting the pattern uh, in December. Like not even remotely ready to lope the pattern. Well, she was ready to lope the pattern, but she just didn't have the experience and I went to the first maturity and she ended up placing um so I think it's just important to do your groundwork at home and like I said keep them confident keep them loving their job and it's you'd be surprised how fast they step up when it comes time Mm -hmm. yeah and I think a lot of times like um I I want to be the leader and like it it happens right from when I catch them um they know that I am I'm I'm their leader (laughs) it's kind of like like a little bit weird to say this but like I want to be like the boss mayor so they know they can trust me because I'm very Mm -hmm. um I'm very uh 
I, I want I demand that respect. So when a horse respects me, they they trust me because they know I'm the one that's in charge. So um, you know, I feel like um, just having that uh, confidence within myself that I'm the boss and you're gonna. So then they follow so much better, or they take your they take your lead a little bit better because you know they know that you're you're trustworthy. I guess. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of have a funny story when it comes to that. So uh, one of our friends had a, a um, had a two year two or three year old. I think actually no, it was yours, uh, Steph H. Uh, Barbie. Yeah, this is actually funny. And my boyfriend totally believes in the boss mare uh, mentality too. And she kept stepping ahead when she was tied up. And so every single time she took a step forward, he squealed like a mare and was like, me, <laughs> like put her back. Like, she like was he like was, getting in our personal space. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And so he was like the boss mare and it was <laughs> so funny to like hear him do that. But it <laughs> actually like, he does that with like our horses and they actually are very, like they respect you very well. Uh, very well on the ground but yeah no it was actually it was funny to hear him do that just squeal at her make a mare noise I'm like I don't know how to do that <laughs> oh boy. Uh, funny. yeah cool so when it comes to exhibitions and time onlys does your routine vary from horse to horse or is it typically the same all around mine's pretty it's similar yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you may have to do a little bit of tweaking once you get there and have one that's a little spooky or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so you may have to work them a little more, but definitely I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm pretty uniform in all of my horses. Mm-hmm. I kind of work them all the same. And I spend a ton of, like, I spend a ton of money on time only. So I generally <laughs> want to make sure I have extra. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I have a really, um, strict policy with me as I like I try if I'm gonna lope one through um, I'll do it right at the at the beginning and so then I have time to like Colby says put those pieces back together and mm-hmm. get their feet and their brain slowed down so that they're ready to go um, be ready for the run um, yeah. so definitely I always end off my time only with uh, like lope up stop relax walk around um that's cool. definitely my 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 go-to. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, something. and even at like rodeos, yeah, and stuff. I'm just big with. I'm not as popular with the team roper boyfriend, but I, I always like to get there early. Um, yeah. and just ha- set my horse up for success because, like I said, I've always rodeoed on colts colts too. So I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. That was something I really liked about Arizona. It's like it didn't matter how small the jackpot was. There was always a time only space at the beginning. And it was really nice. Like we went there like what, like two hours early and got all the horses going nicely. Like not every jackpot up here has a time only at the beginning. So it was actually really nice to be able to work the pattern before. Yeah, that is nice. Mm -hmm. Well, and it kind of lets you know how your horse is going to react too, right? Yeah. if you do go and hope your horse through first quick, which I agree, I do that too. I'll, before I even slow work, I'll lope my horse through, um, just kind of see where we're at, uh, see how they react to a different pen and then go and work on whatever I need to, especially if it's a time, time only. It's kind of nice when they're just open, the barrels mm-hmm. are just up. I know lots of places around here do that and that's super handy. Yeah. I've always liked that too. And even if you're on a colt and they've never seen barrel covers before, or haven't seen like a banner or something, yeah. it's just nice to get them exposed to that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I'm big for running in the warm up jackpot too, just to, you know, not that you ask for their life, but mm-hmm. then at least, you know, you can 
do your due diligence, you run them, and then you do your time only in the morning before the actual run. Mm-hmm. And I just think they 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 do better that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, for sure. So Haley Ray Stewart asked from Instagram, "Do either of you have Futurity or Derby horses for this year?" Yes. Um, so I only have one, so I'll go first, maybe. Um, me and mom own her together. Um, so we're both kind of excited about her. Uh, her name's Chick. Uh, her name is SR. She's in the book to fame. And yeah. um, mom <laughs> had bought her, yeah. Mom had bought her uh, last summer from Kim Gertowski. Uh, and Kim does a great job, obviously. Uh, she mm-hmm. had taken her to Arizona, or Texas. She had taken her to Texas. Um, and then we got her. So she is further along than anything I would say I've ever had. Hey, mom. Yeah. Yeah, she's yep. she's just ready. So um, we've been kind of sad because we're actually supposed to be in Washington right now. Yeah, um, yeah, that's their maturity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, she's just she is amazing. She's a full sister to um, Kim's good horse Elvis. So by uh, he's got to be famous. Yeah, out of a chicky kilo dock is the mare's name from Sandy Ridge. Mm-hmm. So he is just beyond anything we've had. Yeah, really. she yeah. looks she's, amazing, she's and she very looks talented. Yeah, she looks ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we can harness this talent, and hopefully, we can do her justice anyway. Oh, I'm sure. I'm you sure will. you will. Yeah. And I, when I bought her, I, um, you know, of course, I always thought I, I bought her just because I felt like she was a great investment. Um, and uh, but I believe that her and Colby's energies are. Um, are uh, a really good match and I, I I generally I do what's best for I feel for the horse and I I definitely feel like that's that's where she belongs and she she uh they will be they will be great together I yeah think- and then I have um I have quite a few so <laughs> I have uh Tina her name is Fame 101 she's out of Bertina's stud uh Olsen stud Perk French Cash, and then out of a daughter of Dash to Fame, Plan to Fame, and um, she is just like has been our our golden child for. I, I bought her when she was 15 minutes old. She was like the cutest thing ever. So um, she is a rope horse. She's a barrel horse, and you know just has been a solid 1D competitor right from day one. Um, and then I have. Um, I have a, a red brown. Her name is Fling a Bling, and she's out of Frenchman's Easy Docks and out of a big fling mare. And she's just four, so kind of regretting running her. I wish I would have saved her for next year because oh, yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. But, um, and then um, Hallie has a boonlet also, um, and she's super stakes, and she's doing a great job with her. Um and then I also have a daughter of Epic Leader, um, step five, and she's just been a little bit of a challenge. Um, she was super hot, so we're just we're just getting. I'm hoping with this extra time that I have on my hands, she's gonna um, step up to the plate. And, and we've roped off of her and done a bunch of ranch work, just trying to get her to mature mm-hmm. um, in her mind a little bit before we become solid barrels. So that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Lots, lots of 
horses coming up. Mm-hmm. That ranch work really can quiet a horse down. I know with my mare Cash, like we were moving bucking stock with her and doing some ranch roping, and she actually turned into a whole different horse after doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So well, what... and this one came from. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> she came. She came from Kentucky, and oh. um, so I think she she had never really been like turned out or mm-hmm. like. Um, so I've definitely like turning her out in the field for the first time was a little bit like stressful, <laughs> but, um, it was, it's definitely made her be a lot, a lot happier and a lot better. Mm-hmm. More of a horse. Yeah. More of a horse. Yeah. So with all the different bloodlines that you have, uh, going on, do you have a particular favorite or something you're now going to be a little bit more drawn to? Mm, no. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely, I think if you stood all my horses beside each other, I like a look more than I like a pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of a lot of run. Um, I feel like, um, I feel like I, I just like something that's got, um, a lot of natural instinct to turn and, um, and I know like there's a lot of running horses that are that way, but I generally like the run cross on the cows mm-hmm. just because I like my horses to really drag their tail and, and, uh, and work that way. So, um, yeah. What about you, Colby? And I, yeah, I agree. I can really get one to run and uh, the turning thing, it should come natural because my energy yeah. doesn't match that. I get a little <laughs> jacked. <laughs> Do you ever get nervous? Or you just get excited? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get nervous, yeah. but I try to harness the nervousness into excitement. But Yeah. Do you have any tips to do I that? Do. I don't. No? Like, I get so nervous. Oh, expectations. Yeah. Expectations. Um, like, I think that's, that's the key is, like, you know, there can – a lot of times when I go, I try not to – I try to go on the experience instead of the time mm-hmm. that my horse runs. Um there's a lot of times when I go to jackpots and I, I really, you know, especially when, when I'm riding, I want them to just be solid and I want them to, um, I don't really want, I'm not looking for that win. I'm looking for them just to be solid and, mm-hmm. and confident. Yeah. And I think that's where my downfall is too. Like, I mean, it's really hard to bring yourself back and be like, you know, just be smooth, smooth as fast. Um, you know, cause, when expectation does kill it does it has ruined a lot of good opportunity too so it is something I really work at is you know just breathe just lope them through smooth as fast mm-hmm. yeah smooth as fast let it sure. let it happen let it happen don't make it happen mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so back in 2016 Colby you qualified for the Canadian finals rodeo Um, Of course, we want to hear a little bit about that. Can you tell us um, about how you first set your sights on the CFR and how that all came about? Yeah, so um, I definitely wouldn't say right off the bat, I was thinking, you know, I want to make the CFR or obviously I wanted to, but never thought I would Mm -hmm. Um, just because I I had a lot of good horsepower, but they were young. So um, I had just gotten the streaking to corona or famous that my mom had had the year prior at the maturity so she was six when I got her um so I started the year on her um and we really had no expectations uh she kind of blew us out of the water in the spring uh, and just kept winning money like she just was outstanding and handled the pressure really well 
Um, and then when breeding, breeding season was done, that's when I got French to, ro- to rodeo too. And she kind of needed a break. So he finished the year and I was going to school too at that time. I was in my last year in nursing school. So, um, oh yeah, gosh. I really had no expectations. I tried not to have any expectations. It, it just kind of really worked out in my favor. Can you tell us a little bit about how both of those horses are bred? Yeah, so um, Stricken de Corona was is by Strix Lang out of a dash of name mare named Queen Fatima. Um, and then French Strict de Rodeo was a said he was by a Strix Lang as well. And then out of PC Frenchman Slurk, who is one of the only sister to Frenchman's guy. Okay, cool. And so how how do you like those streak of fling lines? They obviously, they did very well for you that year. Yeah, Steffi, you got a little yes. streak of fling. <laughs> yeah, I like them. They they both were very different, though. Um, so, I mean, it was awesome to experience both of them. They were both amazing athletes. Um, Famous was definitely a little more high strung. Um, she liked to win. She had a huge motor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she took a lot for me to transition to. Um, but she was outstanding. Like the same thing. Like I really had to focus on Chippa. Just let her lope through and she's going to be fast. And she filled my semi-pro the first, um, my semi-pro card, the first rodeo we went to at Medicine Hat. And I was like, oh my goodness. Wow, that was awesome. And then ended up winning Drayton Valley Pro Rodeo. And we knew she was good inside. So, I mean, there's only so many inside rodeos though. So we we're kind of like, oh, I don't know how outside will go. She's just a baby. Mm-hmm. And she ended up actually winning Hand Hills Rodeo outside. She was just outstanding. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, definitely a challenge for me. Uh, she had a big motor. Her and mom fit really well together. Um, and then Rodeo was kind of like my baby. He was very different. He was very push style, um, very flawless and easy. Um, yeah, and I got him after breeding season, and he just was – calm cool and consistent all year and just placed at everything so they both actually ended up splitting earnings throughout the year I would say both won about 7,500 each nice yeah so what was so what was your experience with running a sal and you said he was pretty calm cool and collected because breeding season was was done Mm -hmm. yeah he was good and he he was a lover he he just had a very sweet personality Actually, the one thing I loved about him was his eyes. He was very soft um, and a very kind horse. Um, definitely, it was my first time running a stallion. Um, maybe my last, just because it, it does come with a lot of added stress and anxiety, for sure. Um, especially rodeoing and things like that. Uh, it's not, And it's not so much what they're going to do. It's kind of, you know, having to be aware of what other people are doing, too. Um, that you don't think about and right. uh, you definitely stress about them tied to the trailer by mm-hmm. themselves or you know like you can't just pull over and put them in any type of pen you kind of got to be aware because they definitely they're they're studs at the end of the day and you know you don't want to get in any trouble or have a negative experience for sure yeah but um yeah I'd like to keep him as my one and only because he was definitely he was like my baby for sure yeah as some may or may not know, uh, French Streak to Rodeo passed away not too long before getting to run at the CFR. How did this affect your week at CFR? And can you tell us a little bit about your experience there that week? Yeah, so um, Rodeo did pass away a week before the CFR, uh, which was unexpected. Uh, kind of left us 
uh, scrambling to try to find something for me to run. Uh, and it definitely did impact the week. Um, mm-hmm. Looking back, I'm a little, I was a little disappointed in myself. Just I wish I could have uh, just brought myself out of the situation and made more light of it because as lots of people know, it's, it's a once in a lifetime experience getting mm-hmm. to make the CFR. Um, many do it a lot of different times, but it's not easy. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really, I wish I could have made more of the week. I definitely, I, I had some more trouble and I had some anxiety trouble and, you know, I was just bummed because mm-hmm. he had ended, ended the season. We made it, we kind of just snuck in at the end of the season. He was running great. Um, so I, I had a lot of expectation, like we say again, um, I had a lot of expectation. So, um, definitely it was a hard week, but I did run, um, Mona, the five-year-old that mm-hmm. year, she actually won the Northland security and then got to run, uh, <laughs> that night at the yeah. again, poor girl. No <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for her, but, um, it was great. Like, I mean, it's an amazing experience and, uh, yeah again I haven't been there yet again and I just it was a tough week for yeah sure. yeah I couldn't even imagine I yeah puddle. yeah throw you for kind yeah. of a loop there yeah exactly it was just more the expectation right I just I yeah. had envisioned so much and then I was you know it just wasn't the same but it was definitely again a great experience super mm-hmm. thankful We'll just have to go back again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully oh, yeah. one day. For sure. So what's it like getting to train and hopefully soon compete on some of Rodeo's offspring? So it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. We've got to watch them now grow up. Um, and we're just starting to see actually the first one this year is, oh, no, sorry. There was one last year. Um, and then there's a second one this year that is just starting and they've both been really nice so that's exciting to watch other people mm-hmm. I have a three-year-old um, she's out of an all-star special mare and uh, like I said earlier we started her from the ground up by herself or ourselves so super excited about her she's really talented and then mom has a couple too nice yeah I have a I have a four-year-old out of a dually cat uh, that actually is with Colby's and it somehow it we trade back and forth all the time and sometimes I <laughs> I take them back and then I'm like, how long is this one going to stay here? So um, her name's Fallon. Her her mane stood straight up and was like a blondie black color and she's um, chestnut. So we called her Fallon. And um, so she's uh, she's honestly, we're, we rope off of her right now and I've got her started on the barrels. But she is just, she's like one of those horses that you just always know is going to be the same she my one son he's six years old he gets on her and just burns around and yeah they she definitely they all really have a um a nice mind and just a really good work ethic and and it's it's exciting yeah Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. so what other traits do you think he's passed down to them the kind eye uh i definitely see the eye in them Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and they're just, they're very natural. Um, he was very much like that. I, I remember the first time Colby, actually the first time I rode him, um, he, he just was like naturally a burrow horse. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. say he was, um, as broke as we normally like them, but he just got the job done. And, and I feel like those Colts, 
the colts are all like that they just it doesn't really you know sometimes lots of horses when you ride them towards the barrel you have to kind of set them up to find their way and and they all just find the way Mm -hmm. just naturally Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah yeah and i it's it's super exciting to see and it's one of those things like i always wish we had rodeo now like and i'm sure as life goes Mm -hmm. on i'll keep saying that because he he was great and i think he could have been even greater like he was just something else and like mom said like not as broke as in the ways that we would have liked um so i wish i had the knowledge i have now um and the feel i have now to even like mold him a little differently Mm -hmm. um but he was so natural and i i feel that in mind too i she's just so fun and wants to be around you wants to be friendly not an ounce of buck in them which is great because i'm no buck so yeah that's super nice but yeah it's just super fun even to watch other people's and yeah it's a nice way to remember him for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be fun to watch all of them come up yeah Yeah. and i'm sure you're gonna do a great job with them Mm -hmm. hopefully All right. So we had a couple questions on mental game, of course, because all of us barrel racers need to deal with that all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you uh, like you might have mentioned a, a couple of little things in your program, what you do with your mental game. But is there some staple practices or things you tell yourself when going into uh, a little bit high pressure competition? I think for me um, and ever since the rodeo thing and um being at the CFR and kind of wasting the opportunity a little bit in my own um, thinking, it's really important for me to tr- just try to be present and really thankful because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is, it's such a great way. Uh, it's such a great passion to have. Mm-hmm. And I just feel really thankful to get to ride so many great horses. And I, I think just trying to keep that in perspective and just really enjoy it and try not to have so much expectation, like we said, and, and just enjoy each opportunity and take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. that's a great way to put yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah and I think pressure um like I definitely feel like there's times that we have to win and there's times I've read a really good quote um there's times to win and there's times to learn so mm-hmm. um I really I really try and take if something doesn't go the way I expect it to go um I try and really reflect on that and think about um what what I could have done different and just set myself up for the next time and and learn from it instead of being bummed about it um Mm. but being nervous is um is the unknown I try and make sure I know what um I can predict or I can help my horse through what needs to be um needs to be handled so if I have my horse that really will trust me and, and follow me, then that nervousness seems to go away. Mm-hmm. But I kind of have a question or a comment. I know like even when I was even down in Arizona and riding horses that I didn't really get on a whole bunch or no, really there was things that I was doing at a jackpot. And I'm just like, why did I do that? Like I told myself I wasn't going to do that and I still freaking did it. So <laughs> what are some tips that you have to like, even maybe prepare yourself a little bit better and as well as not being so hard on yourself after a run. Cause I, I literally didn't talk to anyone for so long after that. Cause I was just oh, so I- mad at myself. I'm just like, can you not until Sonda's like, man, I had that problem. Like I went through that. Like I, I did that. And now I just like learned to get over that. But what are some tips that you have mm-hmm. to do that? Mine is like kind of grabbing the outside rain a little bit, like 
to keep guiding mm-hmm. them. And I'm so bad for that sometimes. And I literally just want to like, I told Sonda, I was like, we're duct taping my hand behind my back. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to get over this. <laughs> I think being, um, I try and, I try and always be um, not non-existent in my run, but I want my horse to do it. So I think just being um, being able to let them do their job instead of trying to interfere and, and help, like, um, I think the more you let them concentrate on it and do it um, and being less of a part, and, and I feel like that's a part of trying to make it happen instead of letting letting it happen. So just just really thinking about that. Um, when the children were little, I used to always say, um, like, get your first. Like and then let it all hang out. Like kind of mm-hmm. like just, I never I never try and override going to first because I feel like I can really get that first barrel perfect mm-hmm. and I leave then um then that horse will the rest of the rental set itself up. So I just kind of focus on that. Just trying to try trying to not react and just let things. If, if even if things go bad, if you can just use your body instead of using your hands or whatever. Yeah, I I find myself like overriding in the wrong spots, and it's just like, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, and I I think too, there's lots to be said about letting a horse leave a turn. Like, mm-hmm. um, the leave is so important, and like I know lots of people get in a hurry and try to pick up that outside rein early. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I let my horse pull me out of a turn and I think mm-hmm. I've said that at some clinics like I want my horse to pull me out of the turn get situated halfway across and then I I pick up that outside rein and get set for my second barrel I try not to get in a hurry um because they are too strong I want my horse to be strong out of a turn and I don't have the core strength um to match that mm-hmm. I, I I would end up I think on their face a little mm-hmm. um so that's something I really try hard to like think of is you know let them get out of that turn get halfway across and then worry about that next turn and just set a hand Mm -hmm. and I wanted to add something like what Nadine was saying Um, when you go into a barrel race and you think about what you don't want to do you don't want to pull on your outside rein instead of thinking you don't want to do that think about like something you want to replace with Mm -hmm. that so Mm -hmm. think okay what you do want to do yeah exactly like Mm -hmm. I want to have that hand more forward or whatever or like you said mm-hmm. instead of grabbing for that rein like just think hang on and let them pull me out of that turn yeah yeah because <laughs> then that's what you're totally. focusing on yeah this is like a mental block like I, I, I catch myself doing it like I could hear myself in video saying damn it like because I did it again <laughs> yeah. yeah it's hard yeah. though like it is yeah. it's hard to get that that timing like yeah um I think that's so important and just feeling it out and knowing your spots and and trying to be as quiet as possible I really like to ride as quiet as I can mm-hmm. um because I want them to ultimately do it like mom said is uh, is there um maybe even a tip from going from like training and putting a horse on the pattern to being a jockey like I feel like that's kind of where maybe I'm struggling with right now is just like let it trusting mm-hmm. like letting her go mm-hmm yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think it's really, um, I just, I put trainer mode away totally when I get to even a competition, things like that. 
like I said, I really try to rely on that I've done my work at home. Um, I've done the slow work. I've instilled the confidence. Now it's time to just let them work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like in my personal runs, I like to kind of have them smooched up and I like to just ride up the middle and just be quiet. And, and I, I try not to worry about, you know, holding them off a turn or think, you know, I want to get them in that turn and get them out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you I'm like, like let it happen, let it happen. Like yeah. if, if something's going to go bad, just pick up and fix it like later, but you have to reveal it every once in a while and just see where you're at so that you know what you can work on later mm-hmm. on don't worry about the, the run itself but because you can fix it you can always fix something later i was also going to ask is there anything you guys work on just at home not with your horses at all to strengthen your mental game um yeah, like I watch a lot of barrel races. Like I really like when the BFA's are on or I really like yeah. when big securities are on or the American semifinals, things like that. Mm-hmm. I just find it, I learned so much from watching, like uh, just making it a point to watch those great riders. Like yeah. to me, Cassie Mallory is literally the best thing that's ever been mm-hmm. a thing. Um, she's amazing. And all her horses work the same. They all look so confident and so easy and we know they're not we know they're not easy I'm sure but yeah. she makes it look that way so I just really try like like I said I'm so big with feel I'm so that's just something I need so I really like like I said, to just watch those big brothers just watch those people and mm-hmm. try to think about maybe what they're doing how they're doing it yeah I don't know what I would say that I do at home um I, I enjoy watching People, I wouldn't say like, I enjoy watching everything from great team roping where like the, the rope horse maturities, like I feel like I enjoy just watching a great horse discipline. I love watching cutting and, and that sort of thing. Um, just uh, same thing, just watching and being aware of what, what, what horses will do and how soft to have them. And, and that, as far as my mental game at home, I'm pretty busy chasing after kids and right now and, <laughs> and uh, have a lot on the go. So, um, yeah, I just, I feel like when I get to the jackpot, then that's when it's the game time. It's time to get serious. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's that release too, is when you get to get to that jackpot, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, um, something we've worked towards. It's, you know, I, I look forward to the next jackpot and I'm sure lots of people after this is all over too, will be very hungry to get going. So, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> You'll have that itch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think, like I said, just trying to enjoy and 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 realize, you know, deep down it is a hobby. It's a passion. It's something I really work towards. Um, you know, if it doesn't go exactly the way I want it, it's not the end of the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rider Dies, if you haven't already, make sure you check out OE Nutraceuticals in Canada for clinically proven and tested supplements. And be sure to use our code HORSEPOOR for 10% off. So I think we're going to head into some rapid fire questions, kind of just some random questions and or things that people have asked on Instagram. So the first one was from High Wind Stock Horses. She says, okay, so my current mare doesn't seem to really want to keep her hind end under her on her turns. 
She really leans and her hind end slips out from under her. I really want her to feel like she's following her front feet and has four by four, but she always seems to lean and slip on her back end a little. Any tips? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, like I said earlier, I do a lot of disengaging. Um, so what that in to explain that, um, is I reach down, um, and I pull their nose to my knee and then I separate their hips. So, when a horse wants to um, like swing their hip or do anything like that in a turn, I feel like it's because their, their rib is stiff. So when the ribs are, um, are stiff, then those back feet do not track up underneath. So um, I would generally just walk around a barrel and um, reach down, pull his nose to my knee on the, into the inside of that barrel turn and just, just soften that rib. And um, as soon as you get that rib to come soft, and generally when you pull their nose to your knee, especially if, if they're stiff, have been stiff for a while, they'll they'll kind of get panicky. So I just, I want it to be like a soft disengage. I don't want it to be something that's shocky or, um, or scary. I just want them to soften their body because when that rib softens, then that back, that inside hind foot will always reach up high. And that's what we all want. So, um, you just, it has to be softening of the rib and, um, and it's something that you can fix at a walk and then, um, it, it'll just carry on once you, once you get going a little faster and you teach that horse to soften that rib when you get going that direction, um, it'll just, it'll just be right there soft. And just to clarify too, I know lots of people, like if they heard that, were like, will be like, what? That goes against everything we say about um, reverse arcing away from the barrel and getting up off the barrel and moving the shoulder away. But it honestly does work. Like I, I do like to come straight in like towards the barrel and, and disengage just like that too. And I know it sounds not how you would think. Cause mm -hmm. I think lots of people do do that, you know, reverse arcing away to try to pick those shoulders up. Mm -hmm. um, but it does, it works great. If you think about that rib and trying to get them soft and, and, yeah, I think that's a great way of saying it. Yeah, and a horse a horse doesn't drop its shoulder. A horse drop it goes hip, rib, shoulder. So um, you have to get control of the hind feet. So when you when you learn to separate their hind feet and get their hind feet um, get control of them, then that's gonna just set up that turn mm -hmm. to be way different. Definitely, definitely something for another thing drive. I mm -hmm. would do. Yeah, and another thing I would do just not like which would be very different than say something mom might do is I would lope around that barrel. I would um, make them accountable. I would have them in the bridle. I would lope around mm -hmm. that turn in the uh, multiple times, like as small as your turn may be um, after disengaging um, towards the barrel, just to try to make them accountable. Um, and, and really just, and then as soon as they do it, leave that turn and, and perfect. Mm -hmm. But again, that's just kind of a feel thing. That's what I like to do. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Um, so we have a question from Shelby. She said, "Colby, how do you juggle nursing and nursing school and rodeo and do it so well?" Yeah, so it takes a lot of time. <laughs> um, I have a lot of help, uh, like lots of help. My mom has helped me a ton. Um, my boyfriend helps me a ton. Um, it's just kind of a, a group effort for sure. Um, 
and I really enjoy my work and I really enjoy riding horses and I think things you're passionate about you just kind of find a way so um, it was really important to me to have be able to stand on my own two feet if needed and and support my my hobby because it's Mm -hmm. expensive (laughs) yeah so nursing was really important to me and I knew I could work casual I knew I could you know, juggle things around. There's not just one avenue in nursing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's what really was my driving force. Um, definitely it was not easy. Uh, I think I do kind of have a photographic memory or something because I don't really know how I did it lots of times. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really last minute. I I remember I drove home from the CFR, the last performance, and I had to finish a paper because I hadn't even started it. Like, oh <laughs> I was super awful. About, yeah, about being last minute. But it all seemed to work out and I'm just super thankful that I did both because I, it, it is really nice to, to have that backing when needed. Mm-hmm. Do you find your, I, it's easier now that you're working full time instead of school or was it, is it just as crazy now? For, sh- for sure. It, like it's different. Um, initially my first couple of years I worked casual. Um, so that had its own challenges. Like I tried to pick up as much as I could, but you're not guaranteed like all day shifts or all night shifts or all mm, evening yep. shifts. So I was really transitioning a lot because I was still trying to pay off some loans and, and, uh, you know, work as much as I could with still rodeoing and with still having all my horses. Mm-hmm. Um, so that came with its challenges. I did get a position now in public health, eight thirty to four thirty, which is nice. super nice. Yeah. So that helps a lot. I mean, I'm super lucky. We have an arena here so I can turn the lights on if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my boyfriend's a big driving force. Uh, he is a team roper and we rope pretty much every night if we could, um, with his family. So that's our, our downtime. That's our hobby too. So it's not just that it's work all the time, you know, um, that is our, yeah. Get out for the evening. Yeah. 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 Cool. So Haley had a question. Do either of you have a favorite bit for futurity or derby horses? And Casey kind of had a similar one. Do you like the same kind of bits? You can go first or me. Mom's a bit girl. <laughs> um, I do. Um, so I I use Carrie Kelly bits. Um, I love them. They're, the thing I like about them is they're, um, they're just made very well. Um, they're very, there's lots of weight to them. Um, and uh, so my favorite bit is um, is a hemi. It's called a hemi. That's the shank. And then I like the smooth, bumpy mouthpiece. It's a two-piece, kind of a thicker mouthpiece with a few bumps on the bottom um, of the that goes towards their tongue. And um, I just feel like it gives. Um, I like a lot of uh, collection in my horses. I feel like I want them to be very put together so that they could be really strong in the turn. So. Um, I use that. That's probably my go-to bit that I'm riding in every day. And then I do ride a bit, like I said before, with a little bit of slide um, on my competition. So I generally time only and ride around in a certain kind of bit. And then I compete in just a different kind of a bit that has a little bit more leeway uh, for my hands and for the horse. Nice. And I'm bad. I I just kind of take whatever mom wants to give me um so i my favorite of the carrie kelly's are is the magnum with a smooth bumpy um i just i find it suits my hands best because i ride everything in it and i don't really seem to need to switch away from it much um so i would say that one's my favorite 
All right, Rider Dies, head on over to Dynamic Equine and check out what they have to offer on that page. The Beamer Blanket is one of those things, and we are such believers in the Beamer. Go check it out. So there was actually two Shelbys that had asked questions on, on Instagram. So one was about going to nursing school. And then another Shelby said, Colby works a full-time jo- job and still trains some of the best horses. How do you manage to do both and so well? And I'm really deliberate when I work my horses. Uh, it's not a lengthy process. Gotcha. Um, I literally just work them slow, lope them up, stop, walk around or lope around, whichever, wherever they're at. Um Maybe lope them through a couple times a week, not even. Uh, if I'm going to Jackpots, I don't. But, um, yeah, I'm just really deliberate with my, my slow work. It, it honestly probably takes me 10 minutes, um, 15 minutes to, to work my horses. Mm-hmm. Less is best. If they're mm-hmm. uh, really responsive and, and really working good, then I'm done. Like, I really, I'm not going to nitpick at anything. So I think that's important. Um, so it really doesn't take me long. And I usually only have about two or three, three or four maybe at a time. So, I mean, it takes me about an hour if I'm really getting at it. So that's kind of how I make it work. You can do a lot in that amount of time. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my horses are usually sweating in the 10 minutes because I there's not much go slow in that program. It's kind of like, okay, let's go again. Get her but, done. Um, yeah, I, I get a lot accomplished fast. Nice. Um, so we have a question and oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher this girl's name. It's like T Velestic, I think, or T Velestic. I I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's her Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, that's her Instagram. So probably her last name. Yeah, I'd imagine so. So she wants to know what your favorite quarantine exercise or drills to keep horses fit while waiting for the season to start. Um, I would say my favorite thing um to do right now my security horses are all really ready um I don't feel like they need um a lot of work um but I do do a lot of like all one direction so I'll lope to first and then I'll lope to third and then I'll lope to second and then Mm -hmm. back to first third and second and I've started doing it like pretty fast and um I just feel like I can like lope them up there kind of gather them up make the turn then scooch them away and then gather them up and and I just feel like it's really um there's no uh like it's very consistent because it's all one side there's no Mm -hmm. stopping or anything and they just get like um really wanting to find that turn and really setting their feet in the right spot and getting strong so or not strong but getting like confident so Mm -hmm. I've been doing that a lot and um like not even really loping the pattern but just uh, going through each direction at that and uh, and and just trying to, trying to get them to just be solid in their turns and strong. Mm-hmm. So would that be a good way to add speed even? We had a question about adding speed well, and getting a horse to go faster. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. especially like if you just go and run your horse through the pattern, they don't get enough turns to that one direction, especially yeah. first. They don't mm-hmm. get, I feel like they don't get enough and. I feel like when you do that, you teach them to really finish a turn strong because they have to um, like stay in that turn a little bit longer just because they have to finish over finish it to get up to the next one. So yeah. um, I, my Colts, I all, that's kind of how I teach them to, to run and make that turn is just doing that because then they, they just, they get a few chances at it before they can. Cause lots of times the first time you do it, they're kind of like fumbling and, 
not finding their feet. And then by the time you've been through it for a little bit, they're, they're starting to figure out and, uh, and it gets rid of resistance. Like sometimes the first time you'll do it, they'll kind of like lock up and want to be resistant and you can just keep going and keep their feet moving. And, and it's, it's a really great thrill. I, I love it. Yeah. And something I've kind of been doing just cause I, we have a, a couple four-year-olds right now. They're actually more Logan's than they are mine, but I mean, hey, I might as well ride them. But yours is, so, what's yours um, is his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I, I say that too. He doesn't like when I say that. But <laughs> it is true. So I uh, I do like to set up three in a, in a line, mm-hmm. three barrels uh, with quite a bit of room, like the whole length of the arena. Um, and I have just been like, I'll lope around the turn nice and wide, come in a little closer, and then I'll let them leave that turn. And then I'll kind of just trot out of it and stop and then pick up that next lead and, and do the other way. Um, and then lope around it a couple of times. I feel, and I, I want my horses to pick up that lead instantly too. Um, and I feel like that's kind of helped some of my four-year-olds too, just get a bit of the groove, get that lead change, get comfortable. Cause I'll, I'll also pick up that shoulder and really make them make that move and open that shoulder and lope around, but it's not, all the same way all the time and just something different because I do do this three barrel as well even for a warm-up I'll do that um each way the three turns yeah that's that seems to be a really common drill from people that we talk to they really like that three barrel (laughs) and a line drill yeah and I'm big about not being um super consistent when I'm just playing around like on the barrels I'm consistent but when I'm just kind of just playing around, who knows what I'm going to throw in there? Because I, I really like my horses to be listening and paying attention. And I don't ever want them to think that they know what the heck they're doing. Because yeah. then they get strong. They get pushy. They get leaning. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to, I'm going to disengage towards the barrel. I'm going to reverse arc away from the barrel. I'm going to, yeah, I just like to keep it interesting. Well, and it keeps them curious about that barrel, right? Like they don't know what you're going to ask them to do. So they're listening and they're curious about it. Totally. If you could have goals for each other, what would those look like just for fun? Um, For me, I I want Colby to make CFR again. Oh, um, nice. I, I do. I, you know, I want, I want to see her um, get there and I want, I... I just, there's, there's nobody that, um, has a more fierce desire, um, and passion. So I, like I, as long as whatever I can do to get the horse power to her that, um, that will, will get her there. And, um, and I, I I honestly believe that chick is chick and salty are both those horses that will get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Oh, well, that's so nice. I don't know if I can beat that. (laughs) Uh, And I think the same, like, not exactly the same thing, but, I mean, I really want to see you succeed and go fast. You know, like, she may always use that as an excuse that, you know, oh, the girls can just do it. Oh, you know, they'll be great through the girls. And, but, you know, you've had great horses and I just think I would, I would love to see you go fast and, and prove them yourself because uh, there's no one more capable. Yeah, that's for sure. Andrea, it seems like you, you know, you not only like brought up a great string of horses, but you uh, brought up a great string of jockeys and everything too. So you have all the capabilities (laughs) to do that as well. Thanks. And so, assuming that the season will hopefully go back to normal here in a couple months, do you guys have uh, rodeo plans for 2020 yourselves? 
Colby? So I have two horses right now. Yeah, I have two horses. Um, I do have Chick, who is a paternity horse, um, really showing lots of talent, but I really don't plan on her taking her to any rodeos. Uh, we're going to try to get to as many paternities as we can, if there are going to be any. Um, and I would really like to see her run at the Super Stakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, I can get her there this year. Um, and then I have Salty, and she, like I said, is just coming back from an injury. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with her yet. Uh, I would probably take her to the derbies if Chick gets to go to the Futurities because she's going to be kind of my priority. Um, she's also super stakes. Hopefully, I can get her there this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a runaway slot, things like that. So those are always fun to go to. Uh, as far as rodeos go, I'm not 100% sure if I'll get to any this year. I always say that, and then I end up buying my card, and then I end up going to a couple. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll kind of see. see. <laughs> yeah, maturities are going to be kind of the, the goal for this year. And I don't, like I said, I want to just kind of harness um, Chick's talent and not overdo it this year. Cool. I'm not a rodeo person. I I enjoy. I I'm I don't like the miles, and I um, – I just, um, it's not my thing, but um, I definitely, you know, just local, hopefully SBRA, ABRA, maybe the Manitoba uh, finals, like just the rail racing finals and mm-hmm. just maturities for sure. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, hopefully it all gets underway and everyone can stay safe and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So we no, like to yeah, end off. Goes for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we like to end off every podcast with a lighthearted, funny, or embarrassing story. But because we have two of you guys on here, we kind of want to ask um, what you guys have of stories for each other. <laughs> Those are usually good ones that come out. So if you can share something like that, we'd enjoy it. <laughs> okay. So Colby uh, and I, Colby made the American. And so we ventured off. We took five horses and we went. Um, and, and the drive, uh, first off, she, uh, she was a navigator. Well, we missed a turn somewhere around Casper, I think. And we drove an hour and a bit past our turn. So I was like feeling mad and so I made to turn around and go back. And then we're pulling into, um, uh, the, what was that called? Kobe, where the rodeo was. Where the semifinals were. Oh, forward. <laughs> yeah, well, the semifinals, not the actual American. The semifinals. Well, the semifinals, <laughs> but they were at. Cool. Uh, yeah. What stadium was that, or what was that arena called? The Coliseum, like Fort Worth Coliseum, like the yeah. stockyard. Yeah, the stockyard. So we're pulling in, and we had drove all day, and we were exhausted. And she's uh, navigating, and uh, literally took me in the front way of the Coliseum. So it's like cobblestone, there's people everywhere, and I, like, run over the curb, and we were just, like, (laughs) mad and screaming at each other. (laughs) And it was like, uh, like, do you hit the Honda that's in front of us, or do you take the the, um, curb out trying to turn the corner to go into into the arena? So, it was definitely one of the most stressful times driving in, <laughs> in the biggest city I've ever been in and her navigating and us just bickering back and forth. <laughs> uh, yeah, that definitely tested our patience on no both. Doubt. I can imagine. That's awful. a high stress environment. Mm. <laughs> well, it's something new too. So we've never been there and we're kind of a little stressed about the whole experience. And yeah. 
Oh, and no. turning down the wrong way down the freeway. So what? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, that sucks. There'd be something else trying to drive. and Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. We needed a driver. Yeah. We had Saskatchewan plates, so I'm like, okay, we're from Saskatchewan. Uh, Give us a break. Yeah. Oh, boy. So going back to the American, um, when was that and how did you qualify? That's cool. Yeah, so um, that was 2016. so 2015, they had a qualifier in Calgary. It was actually the only time they had a Canadian qualifier mm-hmm. for the American semifinals. So that was fun. Uh, lots of girls from up here got the chance to qualify. So lots of fun. Um, I qualified on the stud. He worked okay. super good there. Uh, exceeded all our expectations again. Um, and then so it was February, kind of around my break for college so, or university. So um, we did work it in. I somehow managed to get about three weeks off um so me and mom went together I didn't take the stud just because we hauled about we pulled dividers even and took like five head of horses down there um so it's kind of just a gong show and we knew it was going to be expensive to try to stall and things like that so I ended up running the mare uh streaking to corona she was six then um yeah I ended up running her down there we had no luck actually probably the most stressed and nervous I've ever been it's pretty hard when you have yeah. Ashley Schaefer on can man riding right beside you in the warm-up mm-hmm. pen yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 great experience. Experience. yeah lots of fun uh, I did I think more over two barrels but hey whatever that was before buybacks too <laughs> yeah that was before buybacks I totally would oh, have dang. That. Oh, yeah frig that sucks all right, Colby, we need your story about your mom. You're not getting out of this one. <laughs> huh. I don't know. CBHI? What about CBHI? Ooh. On Snickers? Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah, so we had a really nice horse. Another nice horse we had. She was a bit of an aged horse. So she, I think we got her at six. Hey, Mom? Yeah. Yeah, so she was uh, by as good as it gets out of a, a crime wave mare. And she was so nice. She was very fun, but very rady, uh, super rady mare. Uh, and so mom ran her at Pinoca. And we really, before I moved to Pinoca, we really never came to Pinoca much, like um, ever, really. So kind of the only time we get to run in a really big, nice setup like that. And uh, we came and mom goes to run her through and <laughs> she gets about halfway to third and she like puts on the, the brakes and mom came over the front end and had a oh, long no. walk back to uh, the timer line, but oh my goodness. <laughs> I should have just went to the beer garden. I think. <laughs> yeah, I need a Caesar right fence. now. <laughs> shorter, shorter walk over there. That wasn't me. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no! But it's but the, to the best of us. Yeah. But the good thing was I ended up winning the fraternity that year on Mona. So oh, you yeah. redeemed yourself. So I fell yeah. off the warm up. Ja- yeah. I fell off the warm up jackpot, but it still turned out good. So. <laughs> oh boy, still a worthwhile trip. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. <laughs> well, oh, we- and Colby, when you ripped your crotch out of your jeans, that oh. oh, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> That was awful. We need to hear this one. Yeah. <laughs> I I was on famous again. Oh, she just she was something else. Um and Settler Settler's tiny indoor. Um and we took her to the was it a derby then? It yeah, must have been the first year derby horse. Yeah. So um I 
ran in there and she was just one that was really hard for me to like keep up to mentally like I did not remember any of my runs it was like <laughs> she's so fast um and she ran in there and said to turn and was perfect and I don't know where I was I think still back to the timer line because she like threw me forward my heels clicked and I caught my the my the crotch of my jeans on my horn and completely ripped it oh, I don't no. even think I oh, no. uh, finished the barrel run oh my goodness <laughs> it was awful oh man she was amazing athlete <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding it was a good one I always favorite have, <laughs> I have a fear always of my shirt ripping open, so I always wear a shirt underneath. Oh. That happened to me with yeah. a front hook bra <laughs> and no shirt underneath, and I just kept running. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I didn't even win any money, so it wasn't even worth it, but... It was, and it was during like 7 a.m. slack. So, and that was the last one to go. So, people were just starting to come out of their, their campers and stuff. So, oh the way home was a, oh, no. was a nice little show. <laughs> Good morning, America. Well, we wanted to That's thank awesome. you guys uh, both for coming on. And, Colby, I just wanted to say um, thank you so much for like your profession being a nurse at this point in time right now, that's absolutely amazing that you like the hard work that you guys are putting in. And we just wanted to say how much we appreciate the healthcare workers. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a group effort. There's lots of people working hard in all avenues. Um, yeah, it's, it's scary times, but hopefully, hopefully it'll end soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it wouldn't be able to end without healthcare workers. So yeah, we really, really appreciate what you guys are doing. Oh, thanks guys. No problem. But yeah, thank you for being part of the Horse Bar podcast. We loved having you guys on. It was So where can yeah. where can people find yeah. you online if uh, they want to follow along or look into some horse training or horse mm -hmm. shopping? Um, I have a U1 clinic page. That's generally where I put a lot of little tidbits or the pro progressive horses that are um, coming up and comers. Um, and I also have uh, Instagram on with U1 clinics. Perfect. And I just have my personal pages. So I have Instagram and I do have my Facebook page. Um, so definitely add me if anyone would like to, for sure. Cool. And did you have any partnerships or sponsorships you wanted to give a shout out to right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, Kobe and I are both very uh, blessed to have Usher. Usher brand saddlery is our um, go-to. Um, mm -hmm. Joan and Clow and Jaden are huge, huge help. Uh, I feel like um, just riding in their saddles just gives me um, a tons of ability and, co and confidence. Um, they're just built so nice and fit me exactly how I want. Um, they've been really good. Elite Three, uh, they they uh, that's what I feed my horses a hemp uh feed um they're great uh i i have tons of uh of people behind me that help me along the way and and those are two of the most definite people that help us help, or help me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i agree i uh, yeah usher brand uh they're amazing saddles mm -hmm. um fit me exactly how i want to be sad i like my feet forward um, ahead of myself and I really feel like they have a nice deep seat allows me to really sit back and let my horses work um, 
So definitely Usher brand, 100%. Yeah, Stevie, you have one, hey? Yeah, I have one that I love and one that should be getting here very soon. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Once you sit in one, then it's like, okay, I, I don't think I can go <laughs> back need- to anything else. <laughs> They need a warning label for sure. I think yeah. I sat in one and I declared the violence. Yeah, I sat in one and I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, "Get your poor ass back to the horse trailer because you're not getting one of these for a while unless you do eyelashes for like 48 hours straight." So, cool. They're worth it. They're worth it. Yeah, they are. You can't put a price on a good quality saddle. That's for sure. For sure not. For sure. Well, yeah, we'll do an actual thank you guys on the way out since I jumped again. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Thank you for taking a couple hours mm-hmm. out of your Saturday to chat with us. That was a ton of amazing information. Yes. Yes. Super excited yeah, to be applying this all to horses. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have a good rest of your day and whatever the day of the week it is yeah. today because we what have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And hopefully we get to well, see you down you. the road somewhere yeah. sometime. Yeah, so when things start okay, back so. up again. Yep. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. Hopefully, it turns out good. I feel I was a little nervous, but by the end of here, I am. It was great. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. It'll be good. Thank you. Bye. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we really hope you enjoyed that episode. Yes. And make sure that you subscribe to this podcast because the more subscriptions and the more times you tell a friend, the more we are able to bring you content of this caliber. Uh, So yeah, leave us a review, tell a friend and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horseport Podcast. And as always, get rich or ride trying.